So what's the qualifications for ministry leadership? The overseers. Paul says, for this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. He says, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. Dis dissipation is basically out of control. You don't have any control over your passions, over your desires. You just kind of do whatever you feel. So it's not just the drinking problem, it's the lack of self-control. It's not the drink itself, it's that it, you no longer have control over it, it's controlling you. Then he says, for a bishop or overseer, see we think of these words, we hear these words like bishop and deacon and we keep going to this clerical hierarchical organizational religious system and that's not what these words meant no, that's right that's right when it says for a bishop or an overseer must be blameless as a steward of god not self-willed not quick-tempered not given to wine not violent not greedy for money but hospitable a lover of what is good sober-minded just holy self-controlled see there it is Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able to by exhort and convict those who contradict. I just can't get into all of it. I just wanted to show you what the Bible says, what Paul wrote and said. This is how you can identify a solid overseer. This is a faithful saying, he says. If a man desires the position of a bishop overseer, he desires a good work of bishop, again, overseer. They must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, sameless, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? He said they should be a novice the, in the gaming community, my son said they call them newbies. You get on online gaming and you don't know what you're doing, they can't stand those. <laughs> How much more in the things of God? Not a novice, because less being puffed up by puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. That same devil who got lifted up. And how awesome he was. So you don't put a novice in this level of responsibility. Again, mature overseer. Isn't it great to see? Moreover, verse seven, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now, he goes to the qualifications of what it takes to be a servant leader or a deacon. Likewise, again, it's not a, not a clerical term. The word just simply means a servant must be reverent, not double tongue. Saying, you know, talking not to side. You do what you say. You keep your word. Not given to much wine. Not greedy for money. Holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. I just wish I had the time. That'll be a whole nother teaching we'll get into next year. But let 
these also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons being found blameless. Likewise, in many of your Bibles, it says their wives. Going back to the original language, it actually says, likewise, women and wives. I'll tell you later why I say that. Because in the interpretations that have come forth, it has given the impression that women can't serve in ministry unless they are married to a man who is. But that's not what the writer wrote. He says, likewise, let women, and if she happens to be married, must be reverent, not slanderers. Only the women can tell me why that's in the list. <laughs> I won't even step into that. All the ladies look at one another and tell me why. You know why that's in the list. They must be reverent, not slanderers. Temperate, meaning able to control their emotions. Faithful in all things. Deacons must be, I have an asterisk, husbands of only one wife is how it's written in the original language. Ruling their children and their house as well, meaning talking about the deacon or the servant. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ. I said, Pastor Chris, why are you going into all of this? Because there are questions that we have, especially when it talks about overseers and servant leaders that must be the husband of one wife. And so I want to share something with you. I love going back to look at the original language and help you understand some things. In Titus 1, 6 and in 1 Timothy 3 and 2, this was not an indicator that an overseer or a servant must be married and have children, but it was what's known as a situational clause that if they are married and have children, this is the qualifications you should be able to look into their family life. Where do you get that from, Pastor? Because if, a, if an overseer, an apostle, a leader had to be a married man, the man wrote, writing this would have been disqualified because Paul was unmarried. So it was a situational clause that if the man is married, he should be the husband of one wife and we should be able to look into the life of his wife and his children to see what type of leader he would make. Mm -hmm. That should give you all kinds of freedom right now. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> said, but Pastor Chris, what about in 1 Corinthians 11, 5, where it says, and every woman who prays or prophesies when she has her head uncovered disgraces her head, for she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved in disgrace. This was a cultural issue. Many people don't know that. And the scripture has been used to tell women, you ain't got no business praying in public and prophesying in public and preaching and teaching in public. It was a cultural issue. Now let me explain the cultural issue. In public, respectable women wore their hair done up in a modest style. In the Greco-Roman Jewish culture of the time, hair worn down and loose are uncovered 
suggested that that woman had questionable morals. So it was a cultural issue. So simply telling women in ministry, you need to present yourself a certain way because of the culture that we live in. He wasn't saying if you ain't got no head, you disgrace your head, your husband, if you come out doing these things. No, and this was a cultural issue. You should be shouting right now. <laughs> now I can tell you for, for the women that we are laying hands upon today who are not married, you know why they qualify? Because they met the qualifications for being mature elders or mature are prepared and ready, tested servant leaders. Wow, bless the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. These are just some notes for yourself in the future. The Bible mentions women serving in ministry in Acts 18, 26. One of the most prominent ones is Priscilla. Uh, Acts 2, 17, 18 says, and it shall come to pass in, those, in the last days, said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. Amen, amen. Shall prophesy. Galatians 3, 28, there's neither Greek nor, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 16, 1 and 2, Paul was writing, he says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church. Amen. And in Philippians, Paul mentions Israel. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. So again, the original leaders of the church, they had no issue. They said, well, what about where where Paul said he didn't want women speaking out in church. And the, what was going on was there were women who were standing up and publicly debating while the teaching was going on. He said, right. you, right. you need to stop, sit down, and do that at home. Yes, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. You, know, you, you learn that if you want to get into the debating and all of that about the scripture, that's fine, but do that at home. That's Don't right. do that in this public gathering setting. I can't do that here. That's all it was. I'm excited that you're not. That's what that was about. Now, should there be order? Absolutely. But the issue is the same order that we're trying to place on the women. Men of God, we need to be under it ourselves. All of us loose cannon men going around, call ourselves in ministry, ordained and authored and everything and don't have any accountability in our lives are no different than the woman that we said is operating without a head. We have overseers. We have accountability. Chris and Carol start acting up and going crazy. These folks, there's, there's a number that they can call. There's a ministry that they can call. 
Bishop Green, my, my overseer, happens to be my older brother. He's the bishop of the church out of which we come from. And I want you to know that when, you're, when your overseer is kin, it's even tougher. <laughs> he can go someplace with us that you just can't go with. <laughs> Folks that ain't kin. I know you. <laughs> Why is that necessary? Because there's safety and security when you know that the people that you are following got somebody that they are accountable to. Yeah, that's right. And when they get off or they're wrong, I need to, there's got to be somebody we can call. Yeah. Somebody say amen. 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 I won't go through all of these in detail, but the folks that we're laying hands upon over the last couple of years, this is the kinds of things that we've been going through with them. Uh, the titanium rule, the Rebecca principle, the importance of proper placement, the power of momentum, understanding pagan Christianity, the 10 benefits of being part of a faith family. Uh, some of them received our, gone through our course in certificate care, ready responder training. All of these various lessons, seven laws of the teacher, of what it means to be saved. Amen. <laughs> yes, because there have been people who have been ordained and released and they don't understand these things themselves. Wow. What it means to be saved, understanding salvation, how does God expect me to live? Yes. What are the consequences of sinful behavior? And so these folks have actually now you know why we've been buried in underground and nobody's known anything about us because Friday nights these folks have been sitting with us in our home while we've just been teaching and instructing and we've been doing life together this year we put them to what we call rise to the challenge about changing our daily intake and going through the purification process, closing doors to the enemy. Yes. We learned about the difference between illegal intrusion from the enemies where he trespasses or attacks us or legal intrusion, which is where doors we open because of disobedience and unforgiveness and regarding iniquity. We've been walking through life together. We've been fasting and praying together, all leading up to this moment right now. 